Hello, and welcome back to the Healthy Essentials Podcast. You are listening to episode number six. So today we are talking into essential oil myths. I sat down this morning and I was writing a blog post for a company out in BC, and one of the things they asked me to write about was essential oil myths. And at first I was like, like, what do you mean? Like myths about essential oils? Everyone knows they work, but that's not really the case. So what I've done today is I've pulled out or I've highlighted five of the most commonly used or commonly heard essential oil myths, and we're going to bust them all down. So fingers crossed that this doesn't start a riot in terms of essential oils uh, usage, but I'm going to try my best to simplify it. And I've created a couple analogies too, to make, make it crystal clear to understand how essential oils work, what they do, ways that they can be used, uh, but also just to kind of break down like the stigma against using essential oils and how they're, they're pretty much just known for their pretty smells. So with that being said, I want to kick off the episode by thanking Hippie Snacks Organic for being the sponsor for this episode. Um, if you haven't already tested all of their goodies, they're delicious first off. They offer a variety of grain-free, gluten-free, but all of their options are vegan, which I'm a huge fan of supporting. Uh, they're based out of Burnaby, BC, so you can find this blog post as well as a ton of other content and recipes that I've been publishing um, for them and creating. But if you haven't popped into your local health food store or even the uh, superstore, grocery store, Zares, depending on which region in Canada you're in, uh, they're carried there as well as at Bulk Barn as well. And they also have their coconut chips in Starbucks uh, locations across Canada. So highly, highly recommend you pick up a bag of their chili lime coconut uh, chips. I am addicted. Uh, they also have incredible avocado and cauliflower based crackers. So a fantastic way to get in a little bit more fiber and vegetables from eating some of your favorite things. Okay, with that being said, let's check into today's episode. So before we dig into the myths, let's actually talk about what essential oils are. I say this at the beginning of all of the classes that I teach because it's just a one sentence way that I can piece it all together. But essential oils, they are highly concentrated, volatile plant compounds. They're made from the roots, barks, stems, resins and leaves, and of course, seeds of plants. So to break that sentence down alone... Volatile, sorry, volatile means that they're evaporative. They can essentially, they'll evaporate into the air, they'll be absorbed into the skin, but depending on what oil you're using, some will have longer lasting effects where it'll stay on your skin, where others will typically um, like evaporate into the air. So a good example I like to use is this, um, is the combination between vetiver and wild orange. Vetiver is a very thick uh, yeah, a very thick, uh, like woodsy rooting, like rooty, I guess that's a word smell. Whereas wild orange is a very, very thin, fast dripping oil. You'll notice that vetiver has more of like a syrup like consistency, and it takes a bit of patience in order to get a drop out of the bottle. Whereas wild orange, you have to be careful because you might actually add too much because it comes out too fast. So in terms of its viscosity, um, vetiver is a lot thicker. And so it has a longer lasting effect. Whereas the wild orange, you'll typically notice that after a couple hours or so, you might not smell it as much. So volatile means that they evaporate, which is a good reason to make sure that all of the caps on your bottles are sealed tightly to make sure that nothing goes to waste. Uh, the second component of the sentence, so uh, highly concentrated. It takes about 45 lemons to make one bottle of lemon essential oil. That is a ton of lemons and a very high potency. What this means is that you don't need a massive amount of oil to have or to reap a therapeutic effect. It means that you maybe need a drop or two and depending on how you're using the oil and for what purpose. So if it's going to be 
for more of a, a pain relief versus you're just diffusing. Obviously, the ratio is going to be a lot higher for someone who's using it for like joint care, stiffness, pain, thing like that, versus if someone's just using it to, to give off a pretty aroma or a sweet smelling aroma when they're studying or when they're working. So dosage and dilution are two key components when it comes to um, making sure that you're using first off the right amount for the therapeutic use um, and second to make sure that you're not actually using too, too much that can work in the reverse and either burn your skin if you're using hot oils in a too high of concentration. Okay. Um, and then obviously the, the last part of that sentence describes itself. So they're from the seeds, the barks, the stems, the resins, the roots, um, and the leaves of the plant. So peppermint leaf, eucalyptus. Um, when we talk about resins, we're talking about frankincense. We can also talk about the fruits. So like lemon and orange, um, and all of those good ones. So that's essentially what an essential oil is. Now, where it gets a little bit muffled is because people don't understand the main difference between the brands you're going to see on the, the, the shelves in the superstore and at the gas station and at shoppers versus the brands that you kind of have to do your research on and find like the mom and pop shops, but also like the brands who invest time and money and their entire reputation in ensuring that their oils are safe for internal use, topical use, and aromatic use, and that they're giving you the highest quality oil on the market that's been tried and tested and has approved, been approved by Health Canada. So what we're tucking into today are five essential oil myths that are going to hopefully blow your mind and open, um, open up your, I guess, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just open you up to maybe trying a couple different um, alternatives to oils that you might be using right now. Or get you to invest in making, uh, invest in using the best quality oils for you and your health needs. Okay, with that being said, let's tuck in to myth number one. So, myth number one is all essential oils are created equally. Um, if I was on one of those game shows, I'd probably use the like buzzer. That's not true. So, I just stated that there's a ton of brands out there who do not like to put the time and the effort into testing their oils, but also publishing their studies. Um, it's sad that some companies will actually go to the extent of either adulterating their oils or diluting them or weakening them so that they can first off increase their profits, but second off, they also um, can decrease the prices on their oils so that they look a bit more appealing to consumers. So someone who doesn't know too much about essential oils, when they walk into the store, the first objective that they are essentially proposed with is the price. They're like, oh my gosh, like, well, why would I spend an extra $8 on essential oil if I can get three times the amount of this brand? But as soon as you pick up the two, you notice there's a massive difference in just the scent, but also the effect that it has. If you pick up a bottle of lavender and all of a sudden it smells like a, a perfume concoction gone wrong and it's very perfumey and, and it's very strong, you likely have what's called like a, a fake lavender or a lavender that might have perfume or fragrances or other additions into the oil that are not claimed on the label versus if you have a very sweet, natural, soft smelling lavender oil that you notice instantly calms you down um, and re reduces a little bit of stress or anxiety that you might be posed with. So not all essential oils are created equally. Things that you want to look out for are brands that claim to be like pure and organic and essential in, in all of these, these titles, or I like to call them these umbrella terms because they can encapsulate so much. Um, it's, I, I'm still trying to come up with a good analogy for how to describe this, but it's no different than trying to toss on like the word, um, like vegan or, or vegetarian or, or keto onto a product 
it could still contain really crappy ingredients, but because it falls under that umbrella, people are like, oh, it's it's great for me to eat or it falls under my diet. So be careful with label claims in terms of, you know, really take some time to break them down and to, to look into what they actually offer and what they mean because the world of aromatherapy and essential oils uh, is not highly regulated, which means that it's easy for companies to slip ingredients in and let it go under the radar. So be mindful with that. Uh, Something I will typically tell people when it comes to essential oils is if it's super, super cheap and it's a high quality oil, um, usually that's a red flag for me. If I can be getting frankincense or lemon balm, which, which is known as Melissa, like those oils should be at least $60 a piece. If I can find a bottle for $15, my head isn't saying savings like savings galore it's saying more like red flag this oil is likely adulterated so i like to say that you get what you pay for and it applies to all oils so yes essential oils some of them can be expensive but things that you have to consider are where they're being sourced from how they're being sourced so first off we have to employ people to source them properly and to harvest them from their indigenous natural like environment um, but we also have to make the investment in ensuring that those plants have the opportunity to thrive in their natural setting. We're not creating, again, farms in, in areas that the plant won't thrive because that will change its chemical co- like composition and chemistry. So things we want to be cognizant of and, and mindful of is making sure that these plants really have the opportunities that they that they need to take the time to grow so we can harvest them properly so that we can reap all of the benefits without trying to fast track the process to get them onto the market. So not all essential oils are created equally. And unless it specifically says on the bottle that it's a roller bottle or that it's a, a, again, like a dilution or it's a, um, a body oil, it's been diluted, it shouldn't contain coconut oil or anything besides the plant-based material. You might get a little bit confused when you turn the bottle around and it has, for example, um, when it has its, we'll say, botanical name. So for example, uh, you could pull up, I don't know, we could talk about like, do, 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 what's a good one off the top of my head, uh, like lavender oil, like lavandula augustifolia. That's its botanical name. So don't don't be confused assuming that they've added stuff into it. Sometimes um, brands can go by, diff- again, botanical name versus their common known name. Um, and that's, don't ask me why. It's And I'm still like, why do I have to know all these botanical names for my exam? But it's helpful when it comes to, again, using essential oils in different countries and things like that, because they'll typically have different names. So like I said, to shorten this myth, not all essential oils are created equally. And you need to do your research to ensure that the brands that you are aligning yourself with are fully transparent in their testing, their growing and their sourcing methods to ensure that you're being provided with transparent labels for all of the oils that you're using so that you have the best chance of reaping the benefits from that oil. Okay. Myth number two, you need a large collection of oils. Uh, When I first started, I sat beside an aromatherapist on a train, love her to death. Her name is Bonnie. She has a business here in Guelph and I picked her name or picked her head for, like I said, about four to five hours. This was on the train going from Kitchener to Ottawa and bless her soul. She was able to help get me started with essential oils. So I used uh, like lemon, I used lemon, orange and lavender. And then I even picked up uh, vanilla, which is not an essential oil by the way, but 
I started using it and I didn't have a very big collection, but I did make a bit of an investment when I first started. Like I was the, f- I think I was 15 at the time, 15 or 16. Um, I was walking into again, her, uh, her place. And I was like, okay, here we go. Here's three, $400. And I would just put it down on essential oils. So I've always known that I've had a passion for aromatherapy and I've loved scents. And now I actually love cooking with them. Uh, just a preview for anyone listening. We are going to be retitling ourselves on Instagram as the cooking with essential oils queen. Um, and that's going to be kind of my, my statement. So, uh, or actually what I, what I invest more of my time in, but what I want to make the driving point home for this myth is that you don't need a large collection. Essential oils, they're so versatile in the sense of they have, um, if you look at their chemical composition, you'll find that a lot of oils contain similar mixtures or components of certain, again, they have similar chemistries, but they also have similar therapeutic benefits. So for example, peppermint, yes, it's a stimulant, great, but it can also act as an antibacterial, which means that you can also clean with it. Um, No different than lemon. You can use that in multiple different ways. You can use it as a stimulant. You can use it as a calming oil. You can use it to clean, to cook, to remove glue. Like there's so many different ways. You don't need a million scents um, or a million oils. You really just need the basics. And I strongly recommend using like lemon, lavender, peppermint, frankincense, and and orange to start. Like that should have your bases covered because you can use, for example, a combination of the lemon and peppermint or the lemon and um, the frankincense to have like a steady energizer blend. The frankincense I take daily under my tongue. Wild orange, I love putting in my body wash. Lavender, I diffuse before I go to bed. And I also will make some sort of like invigorating body spray with peppermint, lemon, and wild orange. There's like, I just listed five different ways and there's again, plenty more ways that you can cook with those as well. So you don't need a ton to get started. Um, when people see my collection, they're like, oh my gosh, but it's taken a couple years for me to build it. So yes, I might be a total, uh, excuse my language. I might be a total oil whore or an addict, but, uh, I, and have like 200 oils, but that's come over time. And that's also come from using our rewards program and getting most of them for free, which is even better. So like I said, you don't need a large collection of oils. And the analogy that I came up with to help describe this is essential oils are exactly like spices. You'll find that spices can be used in a variety of recipes and in different ways in sweet or more savory um, recipes. Sea salt is one that you can use generously in terms of adding to most dishes, whether it be sweet, savory, sorry, salty. Um, But you'll find that it makes almost every dish taste better because we love salt. That being said, oils are exactly like that. Some oils are a little bit more salt-like, meaning lemon and lavender and wild orange and peppermint. Like they're very versatile versus other oils like sandalwood and Siberian fir and Douglas fir and like vetiver, those are going to have a little bit more specific uses. It doesn't mean that they're not good to have in your collection. It depends if you're someone who's anxious or someone who struggles with insomnia, get on it. But I kind of consider those guys to be like bay leaf. Like you use it in a recipe. If you have it, fantastic. But if you don't, these are options that you can use instead. So stick to the basics. You don't need them all. It's nice to have them all because you have lots more variety to play with. But when you're first getting started, a really big obstacle that I see people have to overcome is obviously the price, but also the overwhelming 
um, amount of information that they're bombarded with as soon as they enter the essential oil like field. And they're like, oh God, I don't know what to do. So we're taking that fear and intimidation out of it by making sure that it's easy to implement and it's easy to integrate into your everyday life so that you don't feel like you're adding 50 things to your to-do list or to get done list today. Um, and that's as simple as making some roller bottles out of it. So you have it in your purse and you can apply a couple times a day. Simple things like that. Okay, friends, we're moving on to myth number three. Essential oils are not safe to ingest. Again, if I had that little buzzer thing, I would tap it here, but I would hesitate just like just for a second beforehand. There are some brands that I would not even diffuse in my diffuser. And that's because again, that umbrella term, pure, organic, uh, essential oil, like all of that is so wide and vast in what it can include. There is tons of oils on the market that contain perfumes, fragrances, natural fragrances too, because they can go under a different term um, and different additives that again, make it not a pure essential oil. The only grade of oils that I stick to is doTERRA's. And that's not because I'm like, oh, I sell doTERRA. Yes, I totally do. But at the same time, I look into the research that they put behind each of their oils and how they source, how they test. Because as a natural healthcare practitioner, if I'm like recommending to a client that they're taking oil internally, I personally need to know any contraindications that that conflicts with their medications that they might still be on and or supplements. But I also need to ensure that I feel confident making that recommendation to them because I'm the one that's going to be on the line. So what I like about doTERRA is they go through a 54 step testing protocol. So it means that they perform about 43 tests in-house and then 11, which are performed by a third party and they publish all of their findings. So at any time I can pull up an oil, if I'm recommending it to a client or I'm giving it to a client, I can look up that oil and I can go to source and I can find all of the information pertaining to that testing of that oil. It, that's huge. That is huge for me as a practitioner that reassures me and gives me like the faith of being like, okay, I'm making a fantastic recommendation. I know they're going to benefit and I know that they, they posted it so I can trust the source. So that's a huge thing for me is ensuring that the results are tested. I'm sorry, um, they're published, but that the oil that I'm choosing to use is tested, tried and truly. Okay. Um, that being said, not all brands are safe to ingest because they don't take those extra steps to really make their, their oils the best. And what I, what I say is that lower grade and cheaper oils are usually ones that I only recommend to people to maybe diffuse if they're just getting started with and they haven't made the investment like jump yet because I wouldn't be applying that to my skin. Essential oils are so, so small in their atomic mass unit that they can actually penetrate the skin and go right into the bloodstream. Our bloodstream is our oxygen essentially for our body. It's it's how we pass and, and move all of our nutrients. It's how we supply all of our limbs. It's how we do what we do. I only want the purest in my body. And that's not me being a, like a hippie and being like, no, no, I refuse to go on an airplane because of the toxic load. No, I'm human. Like I'll do normal things, 
But if it's something that I have control over, for example, the products that I put on my skin or the shampoo that I use in my hair or what foods I'm consuming, then obviously I'm going to take that extra step. But for the most part though, when it comes to the grade of essential oil, the cheaper, it's not always better. Yes, for your pocket, but again, you're likely going to be getting some form of adulterated um, form of that oil. So cheaper is not always better. Okay. Myth number four, I hope you're still with me. Um, this is obviously a topic that I get super, super fired up about and passionate about because I want to make sure that people aren't wasting their money and or their time, but I'm delivering potent information to you guys that you can very easily apply to your current oil regime or find alternatives for um, products and, uh, and medications and even like prescription drugs that you're using right now. So myth number four, essential oils don't work. Oh, and I feel for these people who, who will go and they'll spend money on oils and then they'll try it and they're like, this didn't work. And again, this ties back to the third and the first point I made. Not all essential oils are made equal. And typically the cheaper, the worse they are, the worser they are because they contain the least amount of the actual plant compounds and the chemistry of that plant and that bottle. Most of which is probably going to be some sort of, like I said, adulterated oil or a carrier oil, such as like sunflower, or they might've used olive or coconut but you don't know unless it's been tested and proven. So the reason why people will say essential oils don't work is first off, they messed up either the dosage, the dilution, or the concentration of that oil in the actual bottle. Meaning if, for example, someone was looking for headache relief and they used one drop of peppermint oil from a very low, low grade um, brand, they're likely not going to reap the best of like the best results from that versus if they were to use one drop of peppermint essential oil from doTERRA, which is equivalent to about 28 cups of green tea or green. Yes. Sorry. Peppermint tea. Let that soak in for a second. Like that is potent. That goes back to my first point of like essential oils are volatile, highly concentrated plant compounds. A drop goes a really long way when it comes to finding a, like a true true oil and you don't have to worry about the contraindications because our body will balance it out where you want to be cognizant and a little bit cautious about is how often you're applying and that you're diluting with a bit of carrier oil if you're using a like a pure pure oil so headaches one drop of peppermint apply it to your temples and then just behind the ears fantastic for head tension uh, neck stiffness and soreness or any again just like fatigue a peppermint is a fantastic stimulant but if you're using another brand and you're only using a drop and say that that bottle alone has the equivalent of we'll say 10 drops of doTERRA's peppermint oil and the rest is just filled with fractionated coconut oil you're really only getting like a 25th of the amount that you'd be getting in the doTERRA bottle because there's about 25 drops or sorry 250 drops per the bottle so i hope that makes sense and if someone's driving in their car right now and they're trying to do math in their head i apologize if i just made your commute a little like educational i guess or fingers crossed i got the math right but uh the first thing that you want to be cognizant about again is the the dosage so how often you're applying it i typically tell people if it's a roller bottle you can reapply every two or three hours if you're taking oils internally i'd be taking them maybe every like eight hours or so uh copaiba i take twice a day two drops in the morning two drops at night and then frankincense as well but 
I will put lemon and orange and grapefruit and our smart and sassy blend in my water throughout the day. Um, but typically I'm not taking them every hour internally. I'm applying them and I'm also diffusing. So as I sit in my room right now, I have two diffusers currently going. I've applied three roller bottles in the time that I have wrote this blog post. And right after I finish, I'll be taking my copaiba and then I'll be going downstairs to get some breakfast. So to give you that, that sense in terms of how often I use oils, it's frequently, but I'm also using roller bottles that have been a little bit diluted, but they still contain the pure essential oil. So they are still effective and strong. Okay. Um, I talked about dosage, uh, what else? dosage, dilution, and the concentration in the pure oil. Uh, the dilution, you can dilute yourself. You can make any roller bottle. I typically tell people to stick between anywhere between about th- like four to 8% of a dilution. And what that equates out to is about eight to 12 drops of essential oil. Um, this is like doTERRA's essential oil in a 10 milliliter bottle, uh, 10 milliliter roller bottle. And then you can fill the rest with fractionated coconut oil. That's for everyday use. However, if you're looking for more of like a pain, like topical treatment, because you have, we'll say like RA or you have joint stiffness or pains, or you have um, like a really sore elbow or sore knees, you can take that dosage up to as high as like 10% um, or so, but I wouldn't keep it at that high of an amount for crazy amounts of time. Um, Yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that point. (laughs) So why essential oils don't work? You're either not using them properly, you're using the wrong dilution, you're not applying frequently enough, or you're not using the right combination. Um, I have a couple friends who like they'll wear essential oils. I'm like, oh my God, you smell so good. What are you wearing? And they'll tell me, but I'm like, it never smells like that on me. And we each have a different body chemistry. Like how boring would it be if we all smelled the same? Like if everyone was wearing it in tune and it smelled the exact same on everyone, that'd be kind of brutal. Um, <clears throat> not actually. We'd all smell like patchouli, which would smell amazing, and lime and sandalwood, but you know, it smells different on everyone. And I think that's kind of cool because it's our again bioindividuality. Uh, I need breakfast. Bioindividuality or um, like biochemistry. It's where we get to get like specific, but also kind of have our have our own sense. So. Reasons why they won't work, just make sure that you're choosing a very, again, pure, effective brand that's been tested, tried and true, and that you can find all of the publishings for all of the tests that it's undergone um, online. And just remember that less is not always better. And if you are using cheaper oils, you typically have to use more of them to get the same uh, like dosage or effectiveness as a pure oil, which you really can price down to like pennies per drop um, when you break it down that way. Uh, I had someone say, say to me the other week, they're like, oh my God, like doTERRA is so expensive. And I'm like, well, it depends how you're using it because you can take a lemon, lemon, like a bottle of lemon oil. And one drop of that is about five cents. That's crazy because most people will use half to a full lemon in their, in their water in the morning if they're doing it right. And you can save yourself 95 cents in the morning just by using one or, you know, you can be like, oh, 90 cents only if you use two drops of lemon oil in the morning. Great way to kickstart your day. Great way to boost your metabolism, to detox. It actually helps you get into lipolysis, which is where you start to break down and metabolize brown fat. Ladies, listen up. This is one that you want is to use lemon or citrus oil in your water. Um, it doesn't ruin the enamel on your teeth, which I love, and it has a bit of a sweet flavor, um, but you can also drink more water throughout the day because you actually like the taste of it. So that's huge. 
Okay. Myth number five, and then I'll wrap up so you guys can go because this is starting to be a little bit of a longer um, episode, but that is okay. Myth number five is essential oils are expensive. So I I just talked about this. um, I forgot about this point um, that I had it coming up, but something I like to do is I break down oils price per drop. So if you're going to a inferior brand and they're telling you to add 12 to 15 drops of oil in your diffuser, and there's only 80 to maybe 250 drops in that bottle, you're likely going to go through it within about one to two weeks, maybe a month if you're not using it that frequently. With doTERRA, I'm using maybe three to four drops total per diffuser, and it lasts me months because I don't burn through bottles, but I also make sure that I'm always diluting. And diluting is the safest way to apply a pure essential oil because it's going to be the strongest. There's no other dilutants in it. Um, So it just means that it extends the life of your oil. A lot of people will assume that more is always better. It's not. Sometimes our body will actually react to a too high of a dose. Uh, for example, if you're putting cinnamon oil on and you don't dilute that, I've actually burnt my skin uh, before because it's a very hot oil. Same with any of the pink pepper or black black pepper. Like those are oils that you need to weaken and dilute because our body can react to them in order to create essentially a defensive mechanism because they're like, whoa, too much, too, too much. So Essential oils, they are not expensive when you break them down price per drop. At most, you'll be paying 30 cents per drop for more of your expensive oils like Melissa and frankincense. But when I think of it, I haven't gotten sick in the last two years because, and I haven't even taken like Advil or anything along those lines in that time span as well. Um, I've, I haven't taken Vicks. I haven't taken, um, or taken applied, applied Vicks. I haven't taken Buckley's or any other um, supplements besides the ones that I take naturally, doTERRA's lifelong vitality and essential oils. They are my go-to for everything. Uh, the only time I had what I thought was a cold was seasonal allergies for the first time in 21 years. So that is my, they're my go-tos. They, I will never not have at least 10 oils on me at all time. If you were to meet me in person, you know that I carry around this legendary big brown bag and it basically has my laptop, all of my notebooks, my planner, which I live out of, uh, a charging cord for my phone and about 25 oils. So, and this is, again, it, they'll become an extension of you because you, you know what to reach for when you're in a bad mood, when you have low energy, when you need something to calm and bring you down when you need a perfume that's going to like sexify you for date night they're they're there and you have the options but um i have a pencil case that has eight essential oil roller bottle holders and then i also have my wallet which has six essential oil roller bottle holders the one thing it doesn't have is a change purse but i sacrifice that because i'd rather have my oils and use my credit card than trying to try to like fit in a bunch of cash so When it comes to essential oil myths, these are things that I want to break down. Essential oils, they are, they should be used by everyone. My dad has a diffuser at his office and he puts lemon and, uh, what did I give him? Lemon and peppermint and orange. And he, he's been with doTERRA for almost a year now. So we're redeeming a bunch of his points because he's on the supplement uh, package. And so he's getting a ton of free product. And so we sat down uh, about a month ago or so and we're like, okay, dad, this is how you get the grapefruit and the tangerine. And we loaded him up with oils that he can start to use to blend at his office but also to add to his water and he loves it Um, his favorite smoothie that i make him is the key lime pie smoothie which is published on the blog if you want to go and get it 
but he is a huge advocate for using the, again, the essential oil infused supplement line, the lifelong vitality. But he is also just someone who didn't really know too much about essential oils, was open to me educating, made him a few things. And then when he got sick with pneumonia uh, in the winter, he would come to me with On Guard and Easy Air. And like I would apply, I would uh, mix in the coconut oil so you could apply it to his chest for him. So it's things like that. It takes time to transition into, again, finding out which oils work best for you. But as much as I can, as I can teach you, you have to be open-minded to doing your own research too, but also to trying and testing on yourself because I can tell you what it should do, but you might react differently. You might find that you don't like the smell of lavender oil and that you prefer bergamot instead when you're tired or, and when you need a good night's sleep and you need an oil to bring you down. But that's again, individual to your body's chemistry. So just to rehash really quickly, <clears throat> essential oils are not all created equally. Look for, again, their testing uh, just to ensure that they published everything. Myth number two, you do not need a large collection of oils. Stick to the basics. So lemon, lavender, peppermint, frankincense, and wild orange are my go-tos. Um, depending yeah, I would maybe change a couple depending on like unique uh, scenarios or situations, but those are my go-tos. Uh, essential oils are not safe to ingest. Wrong. It depends on your brand. Uh, if it's a certified pure therapeutic grade and it's been approved by Health Canada, go to town. Uh, not really. Like I take probably about uh, like eight to 24 drops of essential oil internally per day, um, but I don't take things like vetiver and I don't take things like sandalwood and uh, wintergreen that internally. Some of those are just not safe regardless of what brand you get, whether they're certified pure ther- therapeutic grade or whether they're organic, it doesn't matter. Those are those oil compounds are just toxic to take internally. Um, myth number four, essential oils don't work. That's also wrong. It comes down to dilution, dosage, concentration, and frequency of use, right? And that kind of, well, that ties into dosage, but uh, it also comes down to, again, what brand you're using, because I guarantee you, you will have some effect just from opening up a bottle of wild orange oil, like your mood will be boosted, uh, but you will likely have a hard time being like Mr. Downer um, when you have essential oils diffusing beside you. Uh, I've never been so laser focused when I'm studying, and that's because of my combinations with lemon and frankincense and rosemary. The tried and true study slash focus blend for me and then also applying a ton of wild orange oil which is why I can be so bubbly and bright um, when I'm tired so that's fun myth number five essential oils are expensive no break them down price per drop because then you can see how versatile they are and you can see how many recipes and ways that you can use essential oils that it makes sense they're replacements for a lot of the things that you have within your home cleaners, detergents, uh, dish soaps, perfumes, uh, shampoos, disinfectants, like all of those things. I've basically upgraded, cleaned out my entire house of all toxic cleaners. And I now have one and that's their on guard cleaner concentrate. And I add a tablespoon of that to a a spray bottle, fill it with water. And then I add a little bit of peppermint and lemon and I clean everything. Uh, bathrooms, kitchen, my osteo table, my desks, uh, my car, anything. It cleans all of my surfaces and it's incredible. And then I'll just use a bit of the cleaner concentrate in my, um, in my sink water and I'll clean all of my dishes. So super versatile, but when you break it price per drop, then people can say, oh, instead of spending 
$10 for a kitchen counter cleaner or, um, you know, $40 on, I'm trying to think about $40. We'll say $20 on detergent. They realize that they can actually use like the doTERRA detergent, for example, and they can get the therapeutic effect of having on guard, which is an immune support, um, and blood, uh, blood sugar balancer, but also it's great for improving circulation. That oil has so many different effects. So things like that, when you break down price per drop, it's not actually as expensive as you think. Okay, final notes that I wanted to wrap up on. I hope that this you know implants a seed in terms of ways that you can use essential oils and, and how, again, multi-purposeful they are, but that it encourages you to go into your own research and encourages you to go and look into them further so you can explore maybe some of the benefits that you're missing out on or maybe start to compare your brands to what else is on the market. There is always going to be tons of essential oil education coming from me, but if you need more, feel free to reach out. You can send me a DM on Instagram at Lindsay Mustard, or you can find me on my website, lindsaymustard.com. That's Lindsay with an A and mustard like yellow.com slash it's the bomb. Um, But you are also welcome to shoot me an email uh, as well with further questions. So I hope you guys have an awesome day. I hope you learned a ton from today's episode. Like I said, it was sponsored by Hippie Snacks Organic. So thank you so much much. You can pick them up at all of your local health food stores, uh, grocery stores, anything that's under the PC brand. And you can also find them at Starbucks for all of their gluten-free, grain-free, and vegan-friendly snacks. Okay, guys, I hope you have an awesome one. I will see you on the blog.